on 2SM and the Super Network. High Tide. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go. Yes, proudly brought to you by Shimano and Blake's Marine. I'm going to set Kieran up in here in just a second. Today, southwesterly 10 to 15 knots, turning southeasterly 15 to 20 knots in the middle of the day. Uh, seas 0.5 of a metre. There is 90% chance of rain. Uh, down around, uh, or basically all the way up to about Kempsey, things aren't too bad. It starts to get a little bit windy, windier as you head north, and the currents are all over the uh, show at the moment, basically from Taree down. It's a uh, southerly current at about just shy of two knots. Uh, Above that, it's a bit of a whirlpool. Speaking of whirlpools, Kieran Riki, before we chat with Melinda Pavey, can I just ask you a little favour based on a couple of phone calls we've had? Go ahead. When you go to the bathroom, can you leave your mobile phone in the lounge room, please? I can do that. (laughs) We all heard the flush. That's good. That's good. At least we know the radio is working. Too true. I'll give you a quick update. The wind's picked up. The velocity is up around 15 to 20 knots and become very cloudy. And I'm assuming that's outside and not in the bathroom. Melinda Pavey, good morning. There's also another tip, Kieran. There's a mute button and no one will know what you get up to. Let's not confuse him, Melinda. Hey, um, Kieran, I tell you what, if you're going to be up um, on the Sunshine Coast this weekend, this is the place to be, protected from that big southerly, from that Mr. Headland facing north. Yes, the, the wind's up, but uh, and it's cool. Yeah, but I'm just making the point, once, once you're around that headland, um, I've never seen so many surfers out having a great surf with a big, um, the wind just not affecting them at all. Just beautiful waves and hundreds and hundreds of people just on surfboards catching, you know, that beautiful rolling um, wave that can take them, you know, sometimes they could, you know, almost surf a kilometre from the boiling pot almost into the, to the Nusa Head Beach. It's just incredible up here. But very windy where you are, I imagine. But just around the corner, tucked away from the wind, it's paradise. Okay. But it is good to see the surfers out there. Look, you know, all these people get out in the water. We, we do talk a lot about sharks and sharks' activity, and there are a big run of bronze whalers up, on, up the east coast at the moment on the beaches. But they don't seem to be concerned too much about the surfer. And, and to your point, Karen, um, seeing lots of surfers there at sunset and sunrise, and you know, that you're told not to try and surf around those times because that's when you're at most risk. Um, but it wasn't stopping everyone out there over the past you know, couple of days. Yeah. And just talking to a few of the locals, the surf hadn't been good for much of the week. But um, you know, just. That's really nice to see. Melinda, um, I'll, lots of families. I'll give you a tip. As a surfer myself, that that early morning period is when the winds are at their calmest and the, the, the sea is glassier, which means you're not going to get as much bounce on the wave. So it doesn't matter how big the warnings are, that is exactly when surfers are going to go out and, and not dissimilar to around about sunset. I personally don't surf at sunset. I'm too scared to. 
Um, but certainly that early morning run, because of the smoothness of the water, will always have surfers out. And speaking of surfers, Nathan Florence was spotted down at Cronulla surfing during the week too. So nice to have a big name and big wave surfer uh, checking out our local beaches. Oh, that's good to hear, good to hear. Actually, I was talking to the son who's um, serving up in Papua New Guinea, and apparently the waves only come on in April around Port Moresby, and I spoke to a very happy boy who had uh, <laughs> the afternoon and the day out yesterday with a, 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 a local fella um, from Papua New Guinea, and he, uh, he's actually engaged by the surfing community, the world surfing community, to identify the best spots and Anyway, he was able to get a few boards together and um, I spoke to a very happy son yesterday because he finally got to go and have a surf, which is one of his most amazing things he loves. Yeah, surfing and, and diving in Papua New Guinea is very, very underrated. There's great surf spots up there. As you say, you've got to get your timing right. But the diving too, there is so much marine life up there. Uh, I noticed that some of the um, uh, some of the uh, the cruising ships are now starting to venture up that way too, such as the popularity. That's a clever thing to do. If you like a bit of diving, if you like a bit of luxury, you get both in one package. So, too true. Um, uh, you know, this sort of you know, high-end tourism with people that have you know, worked hard all their lives and have still got a bit in the bank and you know, keen to get through it before they see the end of their days. What a perfect holiday. Um, but, you know, Kieran, I was going to ask you, you're having trouble getting Tara Moriarty on the program, but I just thought I'd let you know, I don't know whether you've spoken about this, but she is the Minister, um, along with the Minister for Water and the Minister for Emergency Services, Yasmin Cately, um, put out a press release on Saturday um, talking about some action they're going to do out at Menindee as the water temperature changes to protect that uh, fish stock out there. Have you caught up with that? No, I haven't. So anyway, I've, good news on no, that We'll chase that up during the week and look forward to having somebody come on and talk about that. Yeah, it was... Um, you know, that's really important out there in Menindee. It is. And I know Graham McNabb out there has been working really hard to make sure everybody's on the same page to, to get things done. Um, and it follows up from Chris Minns actually taking a trip out there, um, I think, in his first week um, becoming Premier. So... Uh, good to see, you know, they're talking about action and let's just make sure that it's followed through. But you'd be happy to know, Karen, that they've taken a big focus on getting rid of the carp so, um, and protect the, the native species. Uh, so that's, that's a good sign. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to get um, Tara on who actually talks about maintaining the, the oxygen in the water and the, and the and with the temperature, with particular focus on the bonny herring, which is the key fish species out there, as you'd all know. Yep. Well, they asked me to give her a bit of time to uh, settle in, and they said, like, she'll either come along this week, the weekend coming, or the following weekend. She just wanted to settle in a bit better and, and be across a few things. So this morning we got Peter Turnell, who's a director of fisheries, he's on. He can talk all fishing. Uh, he also uh, is in charge of the indigenous fishing as well. Oh, that'd be good to get him on. And, but, yeah, and, that's yeah, fair yeah, enough. I would too. like to talk to some elders from out of Menindee, you know, because 
they would have lived around there and seen the changes over the over many 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 years, you know. And yes. it would be and interesting it, as to what they found. And the biggest change was in the 1950s when they they put the infrastructure in to actually create the lakes, and that's probably had the most impact. Uh, and mm. and I'm sure um, when you talk to people out there, that's what they that's what they told me. Um, right. But. And I think that's fair enough to just give Tara a few more weeks to just settle in and make sure she's confident when she comes on um, and, you know, gets off on the right foot. Well, Melinda, I would think it would be pretty daunting walking into a portfolio like that and, you know, a day or two later being dragged out by the media to have a chat and see what your platform is when you you haven't really had the chance to digest the brief and and things like that and work out where the coffee machine is and the biscuits are kept. And I don't say that in a frivolous way. I don't say that in a frivolous way. Just to become comfortable with your surroundings before people start loading their pump-action shotguns and pointing it in your direction, it would be intimidating. It is. Absolutely it is. Um, and she's got a big portfolio. And I think the most important thing there is it's okay to read and you've got a lot of reading to do, but you've got to be able to... Um, digest it. Actually digest it, but also challenge it. Um, it's not just about accepting everything that's put in front of you. Um, the briefs have got to, you know, have... You've got to have conversations with all the industry representative groups. You've got to be able to contextualise everything you've been given um, and then challenge that thinking and that's a that's a, a sign of a good minister, not just accepting everything that's been given to you but have enough contacts and enough people to either confirm or challenge or, or say there's another perspective. It might be that the department's wrong but they might not have given you a full picture um, and that's where a good politician can do that or a good parliamentarian have enough contacts, enough experiences outside um, the bureaucracy and the departments to actually know that there may be another point of view. Yeah. Yeah, well, as they know, as fisheries know over 30-odd years, that uh, high tide's been here as a platform for them. Sometimes there's some critical uh, information comes through, which is for them to take on board. But mainly, uh, as you've found over the years being associated with us, we're here. We're not here to criticise. We're here to try and help as much as we can. And we can all learn through that process. But anyway, I think what Laurie McInerney said was pretty interesting today. That, that water temperature for midway through water at 24 degrees, um, it's, uh, it's, it's still very pleasant to have a swim, I might add. True. I've got to ask you this question. Did you drive or did you fly? How did you get up here to the Sunshine Coast? Well, I was very lucky. Um, You know, the Bonza airline, this new airline that started up, um, they, uh, because I'd I'd been working with them and and helping them a little bit, uh, they said, why don't you, because I'm very excited that they base themselves on, you know, the mid-north coast of New South Wales with this flight. Um, so this was their first flight from Coffs Harbour to the Sunshine Coast and we flew up on Thursday night. And it's an interesting um, model uh, and because it's late in the evening but it means that you can do your full day at work, um, hop on the plane that night, 
get there and then you've got, you know, a lot of people take RDOs or have a day off work or suppose they have Friday, Saturday and come back on Sunday ready for work on Monday. And there were people on the flight that had come in from the Sunshine Coast on Thursday that were doing exactly that. And it's actually very interesting. There's a lot of connections between the Sunshine Coast and the Mid-North Coast. Um, you know, even waiting at the airport for the, the taxi at the Sunshine Coast, I ran into people that had gone to school before me that were picking up somebody from Hamilton Island that lived on the Sunshine Coast. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, and the fares are only like $50 um, up and $50 back. Uh, so it's a good opportunity, as, uh, as Bonza says, for Australians to visit Australia. So, I, I saw yeah. that on, on your Facebook page, Melinda. You know what impressed me the most uh, about all of those shots? It was the smiles on the crew's faces, and they were genuine smiles. They weren't put on for, for cameras. You could see they were happy, they were excited, they were keen to be involved in, in, in this new airline, and that's where you want to be, around friendly people that, that don't smile as you're leaving the plane, but smile as you're coming onto the plane. <laughs> Oh, how true. That's so true, Grant, because, you know, you don't really get the briefings and, you know, there's, everyone's so miserable. That, I mean, I fly a lot, but, um, yeah, there's a real energy with this airline and they certainly haven't had any trouble finding good teams and good staff. And one of the things that they're doing is keeping the staff with the plane. So that often means that staff can be home at the end of their, of the, of, of their flights. Um, and particularly, they've got a number of flight, uh, planes based up here on the Sunshine Coast, and the planes themselves are amazing. Um, 737 jets, they're really beautiful, they're very modern. Um, they spent a bit of time in the desert in California during COVID uh, because everything slowed it down, but um, they're pretty spanking brand new planes, um, lots of you know good space. So uh, I, there's a lot of hope for this company um, and they're not going in competition with anybody else. What they're doing is actually providing opportunities for Australians to visit Australia without having to spend days and weeks in a car. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We're interested to see how things progress. Melinda, thank you very much for your time this morning. You have a great week. Good morning and thank you, guys. Have a great week yourself. And, um, yeah, I'm waving to you from Noosa. <laughs> Enjoy. 19 after 6 here on High Tide. Talking sport has Sydney talking. Hello, boy. Oh, hang on a sec. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the smoke had gone upstairs, you know, and uh, yeah. when he got to my son's bedroom, got all St George stuff up there, yeah. and um, he looks at the stuff, he turns around, he was with another guy, and he goes, you're John. Oh, it was just so funny, you know, my wife goes, oh, my God. Your show's popular, boy. Infamous. <laughs> you're famous, mate. Weekdays from three. After you to be my MC at my wedding, Dalton <laughs> Alsevania. Oh. Are you interested? Well, I... I, I, I... I can't, I can't answer anything I don't have, Al. Look, as, uh, as Graham's representative, you'll need to put all of that in writing. <laughs> talking Sport has Sydney talking. How close is this rugby league competition going to be this year? I'm just enthralled by it, actually. I mean, who would have thought that the Warriors and the Dolphins would start the way they did? It's bizarre. The way the comp is, it's just unbelievable, you know? Talking Sport, weekdays from three.
If you're looking to start a business, buying a franchise is an excellent option. And with All Group Franchises, you'll have ongoing support. The home services industry is experiencing rapid growth as people are too busy to maintain their homes. All Group Franchises offers a range of home services franchise options, including lawns and gardens, and you'll be trained in every aspect. Visit allgrouppranchises.com.au or call 0429 691 413. That's 0429 691 413. Flat tire is no problem at all when you carry the amazing Easy Jack in the boot of your car. With Easy Jack, you can raise and lower the height of your vehicle at the push of a button. Easy Jack comes with its own rattle gun, so you can loosen and tighten those hard to budge wheel nuts. Easy Jack simply plugs into your car's 12 volt power source. So go to Easy Jack, that's E Z I J A K dot com dot A U, or phone Rebecca on 0427 290 297. Brain tumour, migraine, dementia, concussion. Have you or someone you love been touched by a brain disorder, disease or injury? Motor neurone disease, stroke, epilepsy, Alzheimer's. There can be no cure without research. Help the ones you love by donating to research today. Visit brainfoundation.org.au or call 1300-88-6660. If you like golf, you'll love Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club at Ludnam. Located just 45 minutes west of the Sydney CBD and 15 minutes from Parramatta and Penrith, Twin Creeks boasts an immaculate and challenging 18-hole par 72 championship layout. To book in for a game you'll really enjoy, go to the website twincreeksgolf.com.au or call the friendly, helpful staff at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club on 9670 9670-8888. 2SM has Sydney talking. 2SM has Sydney talking. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. It is 23 minutes after 6 here on High Tide at the moment on the Gold Coast. 19 degrees. They're heading for a top of 25. Yesterday, I was having a chat to Kieran. He said, what are you doing today? I said, step outside. He started throwing punches at me. No, Kieran, I wasn't talking about taking you on, my friend. I was talking about a great television show. It is a good show. (laughs) It is very much about the fishermen. It's factual. It's not, oh, look at me, I've caught this fish, look at the, you know, and that's a lot of them are all about themselves. Just catching a fish. Yeah. Yeah. There's There's a real learning curve in what Paul Burt puts out. Well, Paul, good morning to you. Looks like the weather conditions up there are starting to get a little bit fresh. Absolutely there, mate. Good morning to everyone as well. For sure, we're expecting those winds to, to increase again today. Just really strong south south easterlies and it hasn't let up at all for the last, you know, few days. So uh yeah, not the best of conditions. Well, um, I had a couple of mates going out on uh, Big Cat Reality uh yesterday. They left at lunchtime yesterday and um I you know, we've got our editing suites here, so I jumped on and uh did a meme up of um the theme song to Gilligan's Island <laughs> as they uh, as they left because I know a couple of the boys get uh, pretty crook uh, and, and uh, they're steaming out the thirty forty knot winds and uh, yeah it was pretty it was very funny but uh, anyways long story short is yeah very fresh very windy and few showers forecast throughout the whole week it's not going to let down at all maybe next weekend it's a little while to go though. 
Hey, Paul, can we kick things off with a question from one of our uh, listeners? Dean wrote in yesterday and said, that, can we ask you if there are any nighttime squidding uh, areas near Maroochydore that you know of, and a good place uh, for wading out onto the flats to uh, chase flathead? Uh, yeah, look, squid squid need a, a, a good entrance, seaway entrance to go in and out of. So, you know, you, you could get them off the rocks up there around Mooloolabar, uh, but you've got to have very calm water. Okay, that's the ocean side, of course. Uh, you have nice calmness, and it does help for protection up there too. So for Dean, look, oh, your mid-reaches of the uh, of the Noosa would be fantastic as well. Um, you know, down around country, I think there's not enough. You, you probably get a, maybe a couple around the, the rock wall there heading upstream, but um, from um, from the corner. But reality is, you know, you, you get a lot around weed beds. You get a lot around rock walls where there's deeper water, and you've got to have that deeper water flowing in from a from a bar entrance, not a shallow bar. Like we've got Talabudger Creek and Crumlin Creek here on the Gold Coast. You don't get a lot of squid moving on those walls there because it's such a shallow bar, whereas the seaway and Tweed, you've got very deep, wide kind of um, entrances from the ocean in, in, in ways, and then obviously that's where they can get in through without having any dramas. And also up around, obviously, Morton Bay, you get a lot around Morton Bay. So um, they find a nice deep channel where there's a rock wall that's clean water, not further upstream, and you'll generally get those um, the squid there. Off Red Cliff's awesome. Uh, you get a lot of arrow squid there. And the way you catch those things, at the moment, your 3.5-gram jigs are working. Um, but you just put on a general rolling ball sinker like your rig for a brim. You know, you have a ball sinker, then you have a swivel, and you go down to about a 40-centimetre litre to a hook. Or lose the hook and put a squid jig on and, and cast it out. You want to sit it down. You don't want to cast it out too far. Like, you just have it about a metre off the bottom and just uh, alternate the weight of your sinker so it's not going to be dragging on the bottom and it's not going to be floating on the surface. And, mate, the uh, arrow screw will just, just smack it, okay? So that's a, that's a good way to do it in the main channels up there as well if you want to. But um, for your flathead, uh, mate, any, like, any flat that runs from deep water to shallow water, the entrance around, uh, around Maruchidor, like the entrance there coming into Cotton Tree and all those sort of areas is incredible. Um, you get a lot of flathead there. Um, where it sort of, where, where the where the current comes in from deep water to shallow water, or shallow water to deep water, and there's a, a genuine drop off. It's going to be fish holding on those drop offs. So if there's hardy heads, we get hardy heads coming around during winter. Take a cast net, cast and cast net, uh, cast and cast net, and catch your hardy heads, and and just have like a little split shot about, which is a, a, a very small sinker, uh, about a size two. And I would put that about um, uh, probably two inches above a hook, and your hook will be a, a chemically sharpened um, 2-0, uh, which is going to be octopus, uh, Demokatsi, and uh, just go under the jaw and out through his nose and just cast that out and just let it move in slowly with the current along the edges of those banks. And if there's a flatter there, it's going to get smacked or a brim. Um, good way to do it is, is work that way with your, with your hardy heads or herring. Um, you can also use like your squidgy soft plastics, always a, a brilliant one, um, you know, in your 80 or 90 mil um, fish, are always good, or wiggle tail. Um, you can also go, go down and yeah, you can use your gulp prawns, all that sort of stuff, always a fantastic one in your, um, in your three or four inch in pearl white with a pink tip. Um, so, yeah, that, you know, that, that sort of stuff there all works. Just look for where your, your sandbanks are, and then there's 
drop off and there's going to be a little bit of movement on the water and and work those edges and uh, you don't need a boat 100 percent. do not need a boat thank That's you for that option. thank you for that paul and there you go dean exactly what you required in full uh, almost to the level of being a uh, professional professional now so i hope you have a bit of fun with that now kieran you wanted to ask uh, paul about some agarfish yeah garfish fishing i think is a good time this yeah, mate, they're, they're awesome fish. You know, they're, they're such a delicate little fish, um, but they're, you know, they're, they're fun to catch um, when you get into them. So the way I work with my garfish at the moment is, you know, you can see them generally just moving through the water. Surf gutters are in the surf at the moment. It's pretty hard to catch them in the surf, but you'll get them in, they'll come in near the estuaries at this minute as well, is um, you need to burly up. So if you go to Anaconda, you'll have your little uh, burly pots, and that's what they're called, not a burly bucket, a burly pot. And in the burley pot, you can put in some, um, you know, a little bit of um, bran. You can go to, uh, they've got Uncle John's um, pellet mix and all that. And if you put that into that pellet, that uh, little uh, pot, hang it over the side of the boat with some tuna roll, it's just going to smooth out the water behind you and the garfish will come up and eat the bits of pellet and you'll be able to see them. Um, if you don't have a burley pot, it doesn't matter. Just get some uh, a bucket, get your tuna oil and get some bran and just mix that around and just throw out a little handful every now and then behind the boat. Um, you can do it off the bank as well, as long as you've got clean water for these seagull that come in um, on the on the running tides, preferable. And and the, the oil just smooths out the surface. It's not um, it's not an engine oil. It's not a it's not a cooking oil. So you're not polluting the water. It's tuna oil comes from the water, so that's fine. And the brand will just slowly sink down. You'll see the garfish if it's a little bit choppy. Um, you know, you just it'll just smooth it out, and you'll see them come up and eat. Because they're very fine, probably about a three foot leader. You there? I don't know if he's. Are you there, Paul? No, that means he's dropped out. He's dropped out. Um, so we'll get uh, we'll get Paul Burt back online now for uh, for that. Won't be a moment away, uh, Kieran. Nice of him to do that for Dean. That was very comprehensive, wasn't it? It was awesome. It was. Uh, what had me of interest was when he spoke about brand. Yeah. Brand is what we use feeding the horses. Yeah. Cattle. You know, and I was just wondering now, do they market it in like a kilo bag or two kilo bag or what they do? Well, you can ask him because Otherwise he you'd is... you'd be buying it in an 80 kilo bag. He is back online right now. I don't even know how far we got on that. Well, I, I was just gibbering on. I looked down, the phone's ringing. It was your number again. <laughs> <laughs> Where did we get to? Did we talk about garfish? Yeah, you, saw, we, we, you, you just started. You're only about 30 seconds into it. Oh, look, okay. So you have a, a float up top, a little float up top. You have a size one ball sinker down the bottom, and you have a Patnosa rig. You have a size 12 long shank hook is ideal. And a, two of those coming off your Patnos rig. A little bit of um, uh, peeled prawn is good bait. Put that out, burly, tuna roll, and a bit of bran, and just mix that in your hand, throw it out. And that's it. And you get all that stuff from Anaconda. And just cast it out. Tuna oil comes from the water, the tuna does. You're not polluting the water. And that'll smooth it off, and the garfish will come up and eat the bran, so you can easily see them. And, um, yeah, that's how you, how you catch your, your garries. So, Good way to catch them. You can jump onto the Step Outside web- website and type in Patanosa Rig, and it'll show you how to tie one of those up. So yeah, pretty easy, but that's how we do our garries. And they're great to eat. They're great bait. 
for Taylor and for mackerel. And, um, yeah, they're just an all-rounder, really sweet fish to uh, to catch. That's interesting when you spoke about the brand because we mm. used to use it a lot for the horses. Yeah, yeah, brand... And, uh, Brand and now, like, and also does Anaconda sell that in a bag, a small yeah, bag? Mate, yeah, absolutely. Go down they've got the Big John's um, Burley, Burley mix. Um, it's really good. Big John's is good. I, I'm not sure who makes that stuff, but it's um, it's got a lot of fish flakes and all this other stuff in there that just works exceptionally well. I actually freeze it up into little little cubes into a, a small ice cream container, and then I just put that into the little containers, and uh, and that when it falls out, it just melts away, and the fish come in and smash it. Mm. Yeah, as a kid, we used to put hot water with the brand, and honestly, you'd always take a few scoops for yourself and eat. <laughs> it has a good, good. odour to it as well, and yeah. quite healthy. Yeah. Mate, it's very healthy, absolutely. It's a, it's a healthy um, it's a healthy appetiser, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's just a good way to do it, and the, but you wouldn't have it with the tuna roll there, mate. The tuna roll would be a little bit too, too fishy, I reckon. On the pallet. Okay. Well, I suppose I better let you go. But yeah, you're on. Fishing in general <laughs> would be around the, the uh, streams, hey, and the rivers and bays. Mate, um, yeah, it's going to be all inshore fishing this week. Uh, unfortunately, uh, with these strong southeast prevailing trade winds pushing up the coast, so there's good red claw in the dams at the moment, around Kirkley and Somerset, Wyvernhoe uh, near the campgrounds near Fernvale. You're going to have some, which is just up the road from um, from the camping ground. But there's a really good red claw up at the moment. Uh, they love eating uh, dog food. They love eating uh, watermelon stuff like that. So they're around in some good size ones in the Opera House pods. You can get them from Anaconda as well. Um, but there's also loads of brim starting to move through coming into the cooler months. Taylor is slowly starting up on the beaches. Heaps of whiting on the beaches and also throughout the canals at the moment. Try the mid-reaches in the Noosa and Mooloola, also down around the, uh, the Gold Coast Seaways, um, up near Crab Island. There's a few flatter there. Uh, the Seaway for Jewfish, lots of Jewies in the pin bar at the moment. The southerly's going to slow down until it stops. Once it stops, you'll catch a heap on the artificial uh, reef off the Goldie. Uh, and also in the Narang River, loads of white river council chambers at the moment. So there's always something to catch there, buddy, but uh, we've just got to let that wind settle down for the next few days. Paul, I stalk you pretty good on uh, stepoutside.com.au, so I'm aware that you've got another ep going to air today and, and what's on the program. But for those that haven't been to the website, can you give us a leg up on why we should yeah, be tuning in? Today, we're, we're, the government are, are so kind to every, uh, all the anglers these days that um, they've put out these uh, fads. So we're actually live-baiting for Mahi Mahi uh, on the fads, showing people how to how to do it, you know, best way because a lot of people spend all their time and money to get out there and 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 don't really do all the you know do well. So we're going to show you how to do that. So catching mahi mahi off the fads. Um, then we're going to be trimming, talking about trimming your engine uh, underway, and and what's the best trim for best fuel economy. And that's all from Suzuki. Uh, nice, the ultimate outboard. Um, we're also going to be cooking up our mahi-mahi, uh, and we're doing a, a mouth-watering uh, lemon butter uh, <laughs> on top of the grilled mahi-mahi. So, you know, you want to sit back and enjoy your, your Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon, 2.30 this afternoon, check it out. I, it was interesting. Paul, I was watching a, a, a yachting show. There's uh, two brothers uh, that they call the Sailing Brothers, their YouTube uh, channel, uh, two guys from Glasgow that uh, are sailing their way around the world, and uh, they made... Oh. They had a mahi-mahi recipe yesterday. Uh, I'll run this past you. Mahi-mahi, cooked in a pan, mm. whacked in with chicken soup. 
I reckon your I reckon your recipe's gonna be infinitely better, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> They're great guys. It's such great right. human uh, beings, but uh, they can't uh, cook for the love and all death. Unbelievable. <laughs> as a, as one man used to say, don't cat don't don't destroy what you come to enjoy. Why would why would you put uh, <laughs> uh, chicken stock over fish? Hey, you know what you can make a nice base, but uh who knows. Anyway, I'll leave I'll leave it up to those fellows from Glasgow. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Have a good week. You too, guys. Take care. Paul there. And the website, stepoutside.com.au, should go and take a look at it. Now, Kieran, what we you've been mentioning all morning that we were catching up with uh, Pete Zanell. He's joining us online, the Director of Fisheries and Aquaculture Management of the New South Wales DPI. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Morning, Grant. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. How's the week been? It's been pretty good, actually. I'm just reeling at the moment at the thought of mahi-mahi with chicken stock or chicken soup or whatever it was. That's you, ooh, that's a bit wrong. When you think about how – like, they obviously caught it off the back of their boat, but you think about the cost of mahi-mahi and you put chicken soup with – oh, yeah. my goodness. I'll be going with Birdie's recipe. I, I promise you that. I, 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 yeah, or, or just, just mahi-mahi. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, with so. you. Uh, all good, all good. In fact, I was going to let you know that we're having a lot of success off our um, our fads up the north coast, and even down at Bateman's Bay with mahi mahi at the moment still. So that's um, that's great news for the people looking to get out there and uh, and enjoy that style of fishing because they're they're still there, still there in good numbers. So. Well, great. That's great to hear. Now, Kieran has been absolutely chafing at the bit for you to come on the program today. So, mm-hmm. Kieran, go for it. Oh no, no, no! I don't want to. I just want to know where we're at. What what are we looking at now with the change of government? Is there any change, major changes going to happen? Please? Look, not not that I know of. I've, I've met Minister Moriarty. Um, I think she's going to be great. Um, obviously, she's a a very smart lady. She's already been out meeting stakeholders up at the Clarence River, where they're effect, uh, feeling the effects of um, of white spot. She's been up to. Tokal with, um, with with the varroa mite and the beekeepers. So. She's been out doing her stuff, but yeah, really, really good signs. And it's interesting listening to PJ about, you know, learning curves and, and how long it takes to learn. I'd still learn something every day I'll go to work, to be honest. Yeah. I've been doing this for 20 odd years. Now, the day I stop learning something going to work means I'm not trying hard enough, I reckon. Well, that's what they that's, say. That's fishing. That's, that's what that's they say fun. about skippers too, Peter. The only skipper that you don't want to go out onto the water is the expert. Uh, anybody yep. who's, who tells you out and out that every time I go out, I learn something, they're the mm. people you want to be around. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, no, look, all um, all, uh, all good there, Kieran. I think, um, you know, you, you put your request into Lyndall and she looks after you very well. So, yeah, I'm sure, sure everything's in, uh, in safe hands there, but... Um, That's a I fact. A she does of... look Sorry. after me extremely well, Lyndall. <laughs> well, she looks after the program. How's... She's a lovely lady. Don't worry about that. Pete, yep. how's the white spot situation going? Has it improved any or are we still under the hammer? Look, it's we're under the hammer, to be honest, because yeah. we still have restrictions on the movement of green prawns out of the Claret zone. Um, they can still fish, they can still sell their prawns, but they've got to be cooked. But the problem is the market was traditionally for the green prawns, whether it was bait or human consumption. Um, the restriction is on moving green prawns out. So whilst the, the fishers can still fish, it's the market that's um, that, that, that's been changed and is, is making it really difficult for them. So 
we're doing testing, obviously, in the uh, in the river system. We're also doing testing outside of the control zone just to make sure that we don't have problems that we're not aware of yet. Yeah. So it's a big project, um, a lot of work to do, and it's you know it's unfortunate for the for the affected fishers up there because you know a lot of them have other opportunities to go and do things, but a lot don't. Yes. And yeah, this is part of their normal business operation. When you upset that. Um, obviously, you know, people feel that increased stress and and it, it, it's a bit of a great unknown as well. You know, we're going to test for a couple of years to prove freedom from the disease in the river. So, um, yeah, difficult times. And I, I think Queensland tests, they had the test for two years. I think they got to about month 22 or 23 before they, they found it. So in the wild, so, you know, things are, you know, people are on... Uh, on tender hooks at the moment, but you know we'll continue. We'll, you know, we'll continue to work with um, work with the fishers up there and just see what we can do. And the biggest call out for our listeners is if you uh, do go out fishing and you, you're taking some prawns and a, a beer with you, don't throw the prawns into the water. Bag them and chuck them in the garbage bin uh, and try and help the situation because you don't know where the prawns have come from. You don't know if they've got white spot unless you're overly observant. Thank you, Grant. That's great advice, Kieran. Yes. Uh, Pete, Menindi, yeah, that kill we had out of Menindi, do we have a result from that? Yes, yeah, so I look, there's, um, they're going to be looking into what's, um, what's happened, but at the moment what we've got is dissolved oxygen levels are starting to improve in some of the areas, but we've got overcrowding, so we've got, you know, it's a highly modified system up there, a lot of weirs, but... Uh, as we all know, but th- there's some areas where there's, there's overcrowding. So there's limited food because of the floods and all the stuff that's come through. It's it's really changed the changed the water quality in the area. We'll also have a reduction in water temperature. So the water's going to get cooler as the weather gets cooler. That'll really upset the bony herring or the bony bream. Um, so what we're looking at doing, we've gone out with a tender process, contracted some commercial fishers inland, New South Wales commercial fishers, to work up there and try and remove carp out of these areas. So, so we've got particular areas that are overcrowded. There's too many carp. The poor old natives are struggling to get you know, their fair share of the food that's left and, and, and the oxygen and so on. So, yeah, the trick is at the moment we need to try and get these um, as, as many carp out as we can to give the natives a chance, and we'll use our, you know, our, our, the expertise of our of our commercial fishers plus our biological knowledge to try and give the natives a chance. So that'll uh, that'll be starting. Carp? I'm pretty sure it's starting this week. Right. Okay. Um, we had this eradication for the carp. Do we have a, a specific method of which we we're going to uh, apply to get rid of the carp? So for this one, um, this is not the carp virus. This is not the herpes virus that the, that the Commonwealth Government's been working on. This is not that. This is actually getting the commercial fishers to use nets. Now, um, they know better than me, but I, I'd suspect they're going to use a fight net, which is a, a net that has two wings that actually guide the fish down into a series of hoops or, or, or a, a, a small tunnel, if you like. These are not massive nets. And what it will allow them is to actually then sort through what they've got and release natives if they're, you know, inadvertently catching natives. If you use meshing nets, which are traditionally used for a lot of that style of fishing in, um, you know, for carp, the, the, they're, they're fairly indiscriminate. 
and we don't want to be killing natives. So it's not not what this is about. This is about getting the carp out to give the natives a fair yeah. shot. So I think it'll be fight nets. But you know, as I said, those guys know better than me. Peter, we do appreciate your time. It's good to catch up with you again. It's been a while since we uh, last it, spoke. Thank you for your time it, this morning. It has. Not at all. And I hope you enjoy the Fish Mart app. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I, I've downloaded it. I, it looks really cool. It looks it really is good. good. It is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you yeah, for your time. It's actually designed by a group of people that aren't IT experts, believe it or not. So, yeah. They're fishers, are they? My team. They are. Uh, yeah. See, look, it's really not, it's not rocket science, is it? It's not rocket science to get this stuff right. Let the people that do the job yeah, and, and let the IT people sit in the background and twiddle their thumbs. Smart play. They, well, yeah. <laughs> they pressed the buttons to make it work. But, um, but, yeah, it was my guys out talking to fishermen about, yeah, about what would work and what they wanted and what they'd, what they'd use. So, yeah, all good. Well, I'll be smashing it later today. Thank you. Good on you, mate. Okay, have a great day. The Director of Fisheries and Aquaculture Management at the New South Wales DPI, that was Peter Turnell. Quick break here on High Tide, and we'll be back with more in a moment. If you're involved in the recovery phase following the recent devastating floods, be it the Floodplain Management Australia National Conference. Floodplain Management Australia is a not-for-profit association with a network of practitioners who seek to share their knowledge in reducing the impact of flooding, be it Sydney's Lunar Park Conference Centre from May 23rd to 26th. You go to floodplainconference.com or you can phone 0266 for a new website at a very affordable price, you should contact List Designs. Specialists in website development, List Designs can create a website for you that is functional, looks great, and at a fraction of what it would cost you elsewhere. And because they work from home, with List Designs, there are no expensive premises, so you don't pay for any fancy overheads. Go to List Designs, that's L-I-S-D-E-S-I-G-N-S dot com dot A-U, or phone 0404042490. For over 40 years, Kubota have worked the Australian landscape and faced its challenges. From first light to sunset, our agriculture and construction range works with power and versatility that you can rely on. From our mid-size to professional tractors, dependable mowers, zero tail swing or conventional excavators and more. Kubota is building and shaping the future. Visit kubota.com.au or head to your nearest dealer to learn more. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Unlike any other SUV in Australia, the unrivaled Kia Sorento is available in diesel, petrol, hybrid and plug-in hybrid technologies. The Kia Sorento. Awarded and unmatched like no other seven-seat SUV. To find out more, visit kia.com.au yeah. or visit your nearest Kia dealer. Kia. Movement that inspires. For the management of pain and inflammation associated with osteo and other mild forms of arthritis, try Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel. Always read the label, use only as directed, and if symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Look for Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel at pharmacies and health food stores everywhere. To find the location of your nearest Stiff Sore and Sorry stockist, go to loveoilcollection.com.au or phone Ray on 040-6671-359. you building a new home? Well, there's a more affordable way with a PAL Kit Home, Australia's most experienced and trusted kit home supplier for more than 50 years. You can become an owner-builder and manage the building of your own home. 
Pal guarantee that you can do it even without prior building experience. Find out how you can build your very own home. Go to Pal, that's P-A-L, kithomes.com.au or you can phone them on 1-800-024-912. This is 2SM Sydney. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. 11 minutes away from 7, almost about to wrap up the High Tide program for today. But before we do, Kieran, it's time to get a fishing report and one that's usually pretty comprehensive. Yes, it is. From Mike at the Complete Angler. Two stores, one in Villawood, one in the city in the Dimmicks building. The biggest question we've got is which one do we go to because they're both outstanding. Mike, can you steer us into which which shop we should be going into? Uh, you, if you're coming today, you can come to Villawood today because you'll see me. So, Well, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> easy. That's an easy pick. <laughs> How are we, gentlemen? Not too bad. Yourself? Oh, very good. Very, very good. What's, so. been, what's been happening out there? Oh, look. So much happening. So much happening. So, um, look, I'll start with the estuaries. I'll keep it nice and short. Um, but, look, the estuaries are just on, just on fire at the moment. We've had, there's just an explosion of, like, a little white bait, or we call them little eyes, in, in all the systems at the moment, in Parramatta, Georges, and the Hacking, the Hawkesbury, the whole lot, which are, like, these tiny little bait fish. Um, and they're right upstream at the moment, and it's pushed a lot of, um, like, unusual fish up further upstream. So the plaguey action's been just really bizarre. Um, there's been customers catching kingfish and bonito and all that sort of stuff right up the back of, like, say, for example, the Parramatta up near Meadowbank and areas like that, which is just really weird, uh, but really, really cool. Normally, you're places you'd be catching brim, but you're getting all these plagics. Um, so the estuaries are just absolutely on fire because of just so much food around, you know. So um, uh, everything else has been really good, too, like the brim, obviously, flathead and whiting and stuff like that, too. So a lot of your bread and butter stuff. But it's just exciting to see these plagics push way upstream, which is a bit, which is a little bit unusual, but you know, really, really cool. The other thing that's starting to happen too, we're getting that kind of transition. A lot of the mullet are starting to school up, and you'll, you'll notice you'll see start to see bigger schools of these mullet that are pushing out to sea, um, and that's fired up jewfish as well. Um, we had a customer bringing out a meter twenty, a photo of a meter twenty jewfish this week, which is as big as it gets really for Sydney fishing. Um, so that's really exciting, and there's been quite a lot of like meteries and, and 90 centimetre jewfish getting caught as well too. So I think the, that mullet schooling um, has, has really kind of turned that on. So that's really really cool. Um, still catching plenty of hairtail on the Hawkesbury. Um, it's really interesting actually that this hairtail runs been all year, um, and it's, again it's probably picked up. You know, the last couple of weeks kind of picked up a bit of gear. That's really interesting. Um, the kings obviously have been really steady, obviously in, in Botany Bay, Pitwater, and the Harbour. Um, and there's been plenty of tailor, a good size tailor as well. Like we're talking about them 40 centimetre size fishes, it's kind of like that average. There's been a lot of them in the main body of the systems as well. So, yeah, there's just so much happening in the estuaries, particularly for the shore based guys upriver, which is really cool at the moment. Um, offshore, there's just so much happening as well. Still plenty of dolphin fish. The water's just super warm. We were out on Tuesday and it just killed it. It was just ridiculous how many dollies are out there at the moment. And again, good size average. Coming to the end of the season, um, there's quite a lot of fish in that metre size and, and just pretty much the regular size fish is that 80, 90 centimetre size fish. So really good size average. There's big yellowfin out wide as well, but yeah, they're definitely out wide wide. So it's more for the bigger boats, but that's been pretty consistent. Um, and there's a lot of striped tuna around as well too, in kind of in, inside the shelf line too, which is really good. We haven't seen stripey schools for a long time off Sydney. 
Um, so that's really interesting to see that space, what's going to happen there. There's been a few Marlin reports. So that, that whole offshore scene's been really good. So does the inshore too. Snapper reports are starting to come through um, very, very early, but um, particularly down the Lambie way. The Lambie's, again, really kicked off. Um, they're still catching trag, um, which has been one of them species we've been catching all year this year. Um, and the bigger kings are just starting to show up as well. I've had a couple of guys get busted up on 80-pound gear, and they're really good anglers. So if you're starting to lose fish on 80-pound, they're obviously proper fish. Um, but obviously this time, it's always a great time to target the big kings coming into the winter type of months. And, of course, the freshwater reports have just been crazy. Like, it's just unbelievable, the trout reports, particularly down the snowies. Um, and also local facility sizes as well, up towards Lithgow as well. All the rivers are in really good uh, with flow rates, which is really important. Um, and the fish are starting to fatten up for that spawn run. You know, they tend to get a bit of lockjaw, so they tend to feed quite heavily now and then tend to slow down over that winter period. So uh, trout fishing has been really good. Same as the bass as well. I think the bass are kind of doing the same type of thing. So, um, yeah, it's funny happening at the moment, guys. There's definitely no excuse not to be fishing at the moment. It's just been fantastic, the reports that have been coming through. So... Hopefully everyone gets a chance to get out of there. And definitely no excuse not to get into the Complete Angler. Yeah, definitely. Well, come on through. So, Complete Angler of Villawood. Uh, the mechanic and the light. Um, 9.38 Woodward. Woodboro, come and say hello. All come into the city. Um, open six days a week, right in the heart of George Street. And you can check out the website, completeanglersydney.com.au, for a, a, a bit of a, a tour. Hey, Mike, thanks very much for your time this morning. Have a great week. You too. Enjoy, guys. Kieran, time to wrap things up for today. As we've set out on the water at the moment, yeah. uh, locally, southwest 10 to 15 knots, uh, turning southeastly 15 to 20 knots in the middle of the day. Seas below 0.5 of a metre, partly cloudy, 90% chance of a shower. I personally would like to thank the Anzacs, the vets and everybody else that's allowed up this country to remain free and democratic. Absolutely perfectly said. And we're going to wrap up today's show with a, a mate of mine from back in the uh, motorsport days, Adam Brand, who wrote a song called The Anzac. It gets uh, dragged out each time this year for very, very good reasons. Tuesday is all about remembering those that sacrifice their lives. We'll be doing exactly that here at the High Tide Program. Have a good week, everyone. At six o'clock They'd stand for that man they called the Anzac And those who gave their lives for us They'd stand for that man they called the Anzac Fighting for the land he We will remain